Hey everyone, welcome to the Within Her Soul podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm Sydney. And we are two Jesus-loving women who have a lot to say about living as Christians in this modern day world. We deep dive into tough to talk about topics that we know you're battling with. We expose all things relationships, soul care, sex, healing from your past, and more. We give practical advice in these areas, but also share comedic stories of our own lessons learned and normalize what being a Christian woman in today's society is really like. So buckle up, friend. It's going to get real, real quick. Welcome back to the Within Her Soul podcast. This week, we're actually going to go into a little deeper of what it actually means to be a woman. And I feel like last week, we talked a lot about the misconceptions of being, you know, the, a good Christian girl and all the things that we tell ourselves that we need to be in order to receive God's love or his favor. And so this week, we were kind of talking about, you know, what it means to actually be a woman and what did God intend whenever he made woman. And I think this is an important topic really too, because I do think culturally we're seeing, you know, the feminist movement rise where women are just striving so hard to be more like men. And we're actually seeing also men kind of striving to be women, unfortunately as well. And so it's kind of weird how there's almost like this battle between genders and I think it's really cool to like go back to the word and actually see what our divine reason was when we were created and what God intended. And what's really cool, um, I don't know if I shared this the past few episodes, but one of my New Year's resolutions was to learn Hebrew. And in the process of me trying to learn Hebrew, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts to hear the way they pronounce words and things like that. And I actually came across an episode talking about the word helper. And what that means. And so in Hebrew, that actually means something completely different. And so in this episode, we're actually going to get to go through and see what that means and what God's divine reason was for women to be created in the in the first place. And so just kind of want to go over this really quick. We're not supporting necessarily the feminist movement where it's like we want to be more powerful than men. We, you know, but it's also a really good thing to be reminded of that God always intended for women and men to be equal. It was never intended for us to be less than and them to be greater than and we were to have no dreams, no say, no impact in the world. And And so not saying that we really are in that kind of generation, but I will say I struggled a little bit. I definitely struggled with feeling like going into being a wife. What is my role? Do I always only do what he says? Do I ever speak my own opinions? Do I have my dreams? And then I also support his. Do I, you know, how do I be a wife? Well, but also just like, how do I be who God called me to be as a woman and as a wife and just in that role altogether. And this word helper kind of took me on the wrong track, I would say. And when I found out what helper really meant, it changed everything for me. So I'm really excited that we get to share that with you guys today. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that, you know, the, the word, the helper can give us different pictures in our minds. But I also think that a lot of times We can downplay this word and we can be like, oh, we're just meant to be man's helper. And my life revolves around the man. And, you know, I'm just here to cook his meals and do his laundry. (laughs) Like that's almost the picture that I get in my mind sometimes when I hear the word, the helper. And not that we're not supposed to do those things. We shouldn't do those things. I think we totally should. But um, we're going to kind of give you some actual biblical feedback and insight of what this word actually means. And I think you'll find that it's a lot more powerful and empowering than what we typically think of the helper as. 
Yes, exactly. And I think too, with this word helper, we do, it's funny how we immediately go to this negative connotation because it's like, oh, all I'm here is to help other people, you know, or help him do all the things that he wants. And sadly, I do think our culture was created on that as well. And some, this is not anything that I like am saying, this is what happened, but this was spoken by somebody else from this podcast. They talked about when our nation was created, we were creating it on the Bible. We actually did have biblical foundations, and I think they meant well, but because we didn't really understand the full translations of what the Bible was actually meaning, we still used our human and like flesh to make laws and have our traditional families in certain ways. And it created a domino effect until people started kind of rising up and saying, wait, women don't just have to be staying at home 24 seven and not work. I, and I, and I stand by that. I really do. And I just think there is that boundary and that godly conviction between you and the Lord of like what you feel like you should be doing. And if you're staying at home and you're a full-time mom, that is a full-time job. That is an incredibly hard job. And if you're not a full-time stay-at-home mom, that is all you're also working and also having to come home and also be mom. That is also a full-time job. So I think it's just going in and really dissecting this word and realizing that there was just a lot of things that were done wrong. And I love that we get to kind of open up the Bible and see what God's true intent was for this role that we call a woman and why it was created in in the first place. And so before we go into that, I wanted to share with you too, that in the Bible, in Genesis 3.16, it actually does say, and this is right after you know, God says like, where are you? Because they had eaten the fruit, you know, Eve ate the fruit first, gave it to Adam, he ate it. And he talks about those consequences. And we know there's consequences for when they ate the fruit. I mean, we've lived in the fall of the world for our whole lives. So in the scripture, it says, and this is Genesis 3, 16, it talks about um, God saying this to them. And he says, then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband and he will rule over you. So before we go into this helper and like who we are, I do just want to talk about this for a second because I think when we see the word rule, we immediately, like for instance, when I read this verse, if you have no context on the rest of the Bible, when it says that actually men should love their wives as wives submit to their husbands, if you don't have any other context, you read this and you're like, God wants to punish women and men have full dominion over me and I have no say. Like that's kind of what this verse sounds like. But it's interesting because even in the Hebrew and in the original text, rule doesn't mean dominion. Like it doesn't necessarily mean you must say what I do 24 seven. You must serve me and not do anything for yourself. This rule doesn't necessarily mean that. It's not just the bad connotation of a rule, but it also can mean the good connotation of the rule. So like take care of, to protect, to to lead. And so the original reason of mankind, God wanted man to be dominion over the earth and realize that he could not do it alone. So he created woman to also be in dominion over the earth with him. That was God's original plan was that two people would walk out equally and serve the earth and 
make the earth better and take care of the animals and reproduce. Like God's intention wasn't, I'm going to make man and then make woman so that he could rule over her. It was truly actually meant that both people would walk together. But then Eve ate the apple and God said, you're going to want one, you're going to have painful childbearing. But now there's this new curse per se, that you're going to want to control Adam but now he has dominion over you. So he's going to be the pr- the protector over your household. You guys are no longer equals in things. That's what it sounds like. But really what this is, is that it really is trying to let us know that there was a curse put on us at that point. But what's really cool is that whenever Jesus did die on the cross, his way of coming back was to try to make the, the ways that God wanted to have it be in the beginning, to have it be the way he originally wanted it. So Galatians 3.13 tells us that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made the curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone who hung on a tree. So when Jesus Mm. died on the cross, he literally became that curse for us. He took that from us so that we don't have to live under that old curse anymore. Yes, so good. And so it's not to say that in other scriptures later, like Paul does say, we do submit to our husbands as they love us. Like we're not saying there's now this reverse in what God actually intended, because I still think God intended for men to be our protectors and for us to be their their help. And we're going to go into what that word help means. But I did just want to talk about that because it does say you will desire to control your husband and he will rule over you. And I think it's so interesting because I struggle with this so deeply. Like I want to take control of everything. I can just do everything my own. I don't need a man that I don't need a man like phrasing that our culture has adapted is that curse that we fall under of, I don't need anyone else but me. And that's actually not what God intended for relationships. He actually wants us to honor men and he wants men to honor women. And when you hear why our roles are so important and what the Hebrew verses actually say, you're going to understand, whoa, I actually hold a lot of power in my relationship. I actually can bring a lot of goodness to my relationship outside of just dishes and folding socks or whatever it is. And so, yeah, I do believe that Jesus came so that we would reevaluate the the curses that were put on mankind and say, wait, I don't have to live in that space anymore. He died for my sins so that we can actually have a place of repentance and the and and that God accepts those immediately. And so, yeah, in Genesis 2, 18, it says, then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And so the word helper, we read that. And that actually is what stands out to us sometimes is that's all we are. But what actually helper means is the word, it's azer connecto. And I'm going to be honest, the connecto word, I've been working really hard on it. I'm not saying it right, but we're going to, move right on along because it's it's a hard word for my brain to say. But what's interesting about this is that it's actually two words. And we I, I've been doing some research on like breaking down these words and what they actually stand for. So first, I'm going to do azer. So the word azer in our English translation is mostly translated into helper and helpmate. But what's interesting that is in Hebrew, it actually stands for to be strong, to rescue, and to save. And these words are the same word as there is the same word that's used to describe God when he saves the Israelites. It's the same word that they used for God whenever they needed his power or his protection over them. So when you, when I first heard this, it was like, 
the craziest aha moment for me because I was like, wait, when you think about marriage and y'all, this isn't just about marriage, but like when you hear about any guy who has found a good woman, whether you're dating, whether in marriage, whether, I don't know, I guess even a friendship, maybe like they, men actually have a lot of respect for the women that they love. When they really love a woman, they'll say like, I couldn't have done this without her. She brings so much goodness to my life. I don't know how I would be able to do these things without her. Like you'll catch men saying that a lot. And it's because we actually bring a sense of like rescue to them. Like we actually are a lot of guys like safe or your husbands, but maybe someone you're dating, like we bring a safe place for men because there's things that emotionally they don't tap into that we do. And so in this word, I just started studying this word and like to realize that women are actually here to save men from themselves. Like that is actually what God did whenever he realized Adam was by himself. He was like, wait, I need to create someone else that he can come to, that he can fall into. I don't know how to say that without it sounding so romantically, but like fall into, to like rest in, to be able to abide in, like to have that companionship. And that's actually what Eve stands for. That's what Ezer stands for. And so it's not just a helper. You're not just folding clothes. You're not just doing laundry. Like you're actually someone who man actually truly needs that God intended for him. So I just thought that was so interesting of what Ezer actually stands for and how that doesn't actually just mean helper. Yeah. And then the second part of this phrase that we see in the Bible is konegdo which basically means the opposite, the counterpart, we come alongside the man. So in other words, it means that women are different, but equal. We're, we're the counterparts. We support each other. Mm-hmm. And this also isn't just in marriage. This is men and women in the world, in the, in the church, in the kingdom of God in general. Mm, yeah. Whenever it talks about the counterpart, I think what's really cool is that what this is actually saying is, women are the counterpart to men. So like Sid said, it's not that we're better. It's just we're different, but we are equal to them. We we have an equal view in God's eyes. There isn't man, then woman. Like we are equal in God's eyes, but there are things that we can do to serve our husbands. And there's things that husbands do to serve the wives that then make us in perfect unity. And so really- What's so beautiful about this phrasing is that one, yes, we are strong and we're mighty and we're warriors. Like that's actually what Azair is used, like that word Azair is used for mighty and military even like uh, phrasing in the Bible, which is so interesting. But we see women being so strong. Like there's, we, I know everyone knows a very strong woman in their life. And that's actually where this Azair word comes from is that strength and might and warrior But it's funny because men also hold that word, but it is in a different context. Like we get to be that for our men or for the men in our society, in our lives. But what's awesome is that whenever, let's say we are pertaining this to marriage, like we are the counterpart to our husbands where they're companions, they're friends who compliment them. And we actually help them take dominion over the earth. Now, back then, they really were taking dominion over the earth because they all had farming and took care of animals and all the things. We don't necessarily maybe see that now, but we are there to be a counterpart to helping our the men in our lives be able to also take kingdom and have a kingdom advancement for the Lord and as well as our own. Like We are obviously allowed to do this for ourselves, but what a special role that we have that we were called to also help men be able to do that. 
Like we are also there to help them be able to do that in our marriages and in our relationships. I definitely feel like once you understand the breakdown, you're not, I don't know, it just holds a lot more value to what God really intended for women. And it wasn't just make sure Adam eats and takes care of himself. There was a lot more responsibility for the woman than sometimes that we put put to it. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's also important because we have so many different women with different relationship statuses who listen to our podcast. And it's very important to know that, as we mentioned earlier, this role of the helper isn't just for married women. Like if if you were someone God calls to singleness and you never get married, oh, you just didn't have that, you know, that purpose in being the helper. No, that's not true. <laughs> you absolutely are still called to be the helper. This is referring to, like I mentioned earlier, women in the world, in the kingdom of God in general, we are called to be the helper. And so um, I think it's important to discuss the role of women married or not, right? So like, what does this practically look like? You know, and in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, we see that Jesus gave the great commission, literally the last thing that Jesus said before he ascended into heaven. So pretty darn important, right? And that's when he told his disciples, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. This great commission is for all of Jesus's disciples. So regardless of your relationship status, your gen, you know, whether you're male or female, this is your command in life is to go out and make disciples, share the word of God with other people. And so that's one of actually probably the biggest way that we could be the helper, a helper in life in general. Absolutely. And also like, it makes you think about the tomb whenever Mary and I don't remember who else was with her, uh, or maybe it was just her. I can't remember the story, but Jesus confronts her first. She's the very first person to see Jesus. And she thinks that he's a gardener. And he actually goes and tells her, go tell the others that I have risen. And like, that is a part of the gospel that we share. We see many powerful women roles in the Bible. And I think sometimes we just kind of blow those off. Like we see Esther, we see Ruth, we see, I mean, like we have all these amazing women that we look up to. And I just think it is a good reminder to know that the Lord calls you to the same greatness as men in a sense. And also whether you're in, like Sin said, like whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you, you know, don't know exactly if you're ever going to get married. Like, I think I even held a lot of like, oh my gosh, if I'm never a wife, like I didn't fulfill my duties. Like it's a real thing. It's such a stressful, like pressure we put on ourselves, And it was just a reminder that like the Lord put us on this earth to be helpers in the sense of his kingdom. So like Sid said, it doesn't necessarily mean we only help men in the context of the scripture, he was using that towards man. But also, Sid just made a really good point. I feel like this is more of the Holy Spirit speaking. I talked a lot of geared towards men, but actually the word man, well, Adam is man, but the word Adam in Hebrew is human. So when we say the word Adam, that actually means human. So whenever all that context is coming together, we're the helpers of humans. Like we're the ones that are normally the first to care for children, the first to care for elderly, the first to care and take care of people. Not saying men don't do that because a lot of men do, but like our natural instinct is to have something trigger in our hearts that long 
to help those in need. We, and like I said, most every girl that I know has that in her where it's like that maternal feeling. Like you just have it in you sometimes that you don't even realize it's there. And so I do think there might be some connection to that as well of what, why God made us in the first place. It was the sensitivity part aspect. Like it's that nurturing like to help others and be there for people and be, you know, the emotional ones for people and let them know that they're not alone and that they have companionship. So anyways, I just think that's a really good reminder that no matter, like Sid said, no matter what your status is, whether you're married or you're not, we are called to be helpers in the the best way, not in a derogatory way, not in a, your life is insignificant way that you just have these mundane tasks that you must fulfill on a daily basis. And that's it. And honestly, and I'm not saying that I even really believed that, but I do think I've had those moments where what is my duty as a woman, if I am with a man and what does that look like? Because I do want to make God proud. But like Sid said, I think at the end of the day, what we're actually called to do is share the gospel and to serve others, serve women, serve men, like be a servant and that helper to everyone and live in that and just be proud of who you are rather than trying to control men or try to be their part or try to be, you know, all the things that men were designed to be. Because I know when I finally stepped back and let, you know, the guys in my life be the guys in their life and let me be what I'm supposed to be, like we actually work really well together. It works better in unity than it does when one role is trying to overtake the other. Yeah. And so this actually leads us right into our soul scriptures for the day. I know we've already gone over several, but you know, I, I want to continue just pointing out a few things that the Bible says are our roles as the helper and things that we are called to as the helper as women of the church. And I love Titus 2, 3 through 5. It's a really great kind of explanation. It says, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. If you have your Bible in front of you or you're in you know, a position where you're listening to this and you're not driving where you can actually look up the scripture, go ahead and look it up because I just want to point out the different points in this verse because they're so, they're so important, you know? So the first thing that we see here is that we are teachers. We, we are called to teach what is good. You know, secondly, we see we, uh, we're called to inspire and lead others into love. You know, when it says urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, Mm -hmm. we are called and man, I think there's so, there's so many opportunities in this day and time to do this, to lead and inspire others into love because how often do we see or do we hear, you know, women complaining about their husband or oh, yeah. you know, complaining about their children or whatever it is. And a simple way that we can quote unquote, urge the younger women to love their husbands and children is to not partake in that, you know, to not just because the other girls at dinner are complaining about their husbands or, you know, gossiping or whatever about them. That doesn't mean that okay, I need to think of something to say too. Nope, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and I don't have to sit here and rub it in your face. Oh, well, my husband's great and I love my husband so much. Nope, just be the example. Keep your mouth shut. You know, I don't know. That's just something that came to me for that. Well, and if Uh, also if you really think about that, even if we're going into this whole, the word, the helper, the helper also means encouraging. And if you're gossiping, we've talked about that before, but if you're over here, only speaking discouragement, that's not being helpful, not only to the other women around you, because they're, you're also feeding them, you know, the poison as well. 
but also we're not helping to our husband because we're over here saying something behind their backs. So yeah, uh, Yeah. along with that. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's important and this is kind of almost go down a rabbit hole, but when we're in those situations where women are putting down their husband, putting down their children, whatever, not only to not do the same, but also not to feed into it and say, you know, oh girl, well, he shouldn't be doing that. Blah, blah. No, like not that we want to be hard to what other people are saying and not, not care about what they're actually going through, but like, think of something encouraging to say, like, okay, well, let's be praying for him for X, Y, Z. Let's pray that God will change this about him. Or just like, think of anything encouraging to say, ask God to help you, you know, Mm -hmm. but moving on into that scripture, it says to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home. So that's the next thing I note is to be busy. And you know, what does that look like? That's taking care of your home. We see in Proverbs 31 that we are called to be busy and take care of our home, not to be lazy, you know? And I love that it says to be kind. So as we're doing these things, being busy around our home, we're doing these things to help, not out of anger or annoyance. Oh, I don't want to do your laundry today, you know, but like out of the kindness of our heart. And obviously no one's perfect. And this is a lot easier said than done, but I feel like this is just a really good reminder of how we should be striving to live and striving to ask the Lord to help us to do these things out of kindness, to be the helper out of kindness, to give us a kind heart. So just some different points to to point out. Yeah, that scripture is so good. I actually love, I'm going to actually write some of those things down myself because I don't think I've ever actually read that scripture until you brought it forth. Um, our next whole scripture is Ephesians 5.22. And it says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord. And I think, I mean, we've said this several times, and I think most of us, if you've been raised in faith and you've read the word or studied the word about wives, it does say that we submit to our husbands and we know that. But even in context, just so you know, if you were to keep reading, it also says, and and husbands, love your wives as you love the church. And something that I learned that was really beautiful about this too, is that when you love your church, you serve your church. So actually what this is saying is not just only us submit to our husbands and our husbands don't submit to us. It's actually, we really are submitting and serving to each other. And the Lord was just showing it to us in different ways. Like we submit to our husbands and our husbands, I mean, God wants us to, to marry godly husbands and they submit to the Lord. Therefore they are there. There are not like speaker, but like they also bring things to the Lord in our defense. So they also pray over us. They also talk to the Lord about us. Now, granted, we do that as well. We pray for our husbands, but it was just another way to look at that, that we submit to them as they submit to Lord themselves as, and as we do to the Lord and they, they love us. Like we love the church and they love the church. So, yep, absolutely. So your sole assignment today is just to make a list of some practical ways that you can become a helper in life, just starting today. Um, you know, here's a few ideas. Start cooking regularly for a busy person, whether it be cooking for your mom once a week on her busy day, making your husband's meals for his work, you know, whatever it is. You could take a chore off your husband's plate that you can easily work into your own routine when he's busy. Mm-hmm. You can volunteer through your church. You know, there's always something that we can be doing to to help out. Yeah. I even added a few, just like if you are a wife, things that I feel like could be helpful in your marriage and helpful to your husband is pray over your husband. And I mean, like pray with him, like pray over him and um, thank God ahead of time for his strength and his guidance and his wisdom and protection, like pray powerful prayers over him and let him hear that. Because 
there's there's just like no amount of love that you can even really truly show that is equivalent to when someone really prays to God over you. Like there's just something that feels so, there's a closeness to that. So pray over your husbands and let him hear that. Sydney kind of said this, but like ask what's going on in his life that might be bringing him stress. I think there is a stigma that men can't talk about their problems. Like they're here just to fix our problems and and make sure we're happy and like make sure we're, you know, they're never upsetting us. And so I think just asking them, like, is there anything that's stressing you out that I can help you with? You know, is there anything I can do for you? And I remember doing this for Corey one time and I remember him just being like, I don't think I have anything. Like he was almost uncomfortable because like, I just don't think men are used to being asked, like, what can I do for you? You know, and how can I help you? Because we're normally the ones that already just have taken care of everything. And, you know, we're normally getting on to them for not doing things that we need them to do. So I do think just pausing and asking what we can do for them would is making a huge impact um, in being a helper. And uh, this last one might sign, sound like cliche, but just touch your husband, you know, give him hugs, hold his hand. like. Allow him to feel that safeness because really at the end of the day, the word is there, like we talked about is rescuer. Like that was one of the words that came up with the meaning of is there. And when you think of a rescuer, and like I said, this word is actually used for the word God himself, but like to have your husband be able to come to you in safeness in his flaws. And and on, like Sid said, like I said, I keep going to husbands, but people in general in your community. You know, and your children, yeah, your children, your friends, your parents, like everything, like everyone. If you could be someone that a woman of God that people feel safe with a rescuer when they feel like things are going terribly and they need a prayer warrior to call up. Can you be that woman that they're like, she would rescue me right now. She would pray big prayers over me. She would come to my service and be there at any hour of the night for me. Like, I think that's the point. It's just being a servant in a way that doesn't feel like it's diminishing, but it's actually empowering. Like it's not something that belittles us. It's something that raises our favor with God. It's the 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 divine unique characteristics that he's given us that that really do help us feel that purpose in who we are. So absolutely. Okay. I know that this episode was kind of all over the place, but really, I just hope you understand that you do have such purpose as a woman and go back and listen to our Proverbs 31. If you want to even dive deeper into the characteristics that women are called to have, but this was really just a good reminder that you're meant for all the things that anyone else also has. Like God really does call us to be equal in his advancement of the kingdom and and what in preaching the gospel. And we actually have a lot of equal characteristics from men versus women. And it's just really stepping into that and knowing what God's given you. And so, yeah, we'll just pray that over you this week. And yeah, we hope to that you guys will tune in next week. Dear Heavenly Father, I just lift up every woman who is a part of this podcast, listening to this podcast, including Jordan and myself. Father, help us to see our roles as helpers. Um, help us to to not take that lightly um, and to not, I know I so often just don't even think that some of the things that I do are a big deal. Um, but I know being on the receiving end of help in life that even the smallest things really do make a big difference, especially when we're stressed or busy or whatever it is. And so help us not to forget that um, just even the small things 
um, of helping our, our husbands, our kids, our boyfriends, our parents, whoever it is, our church, that those small things do make a difference. What may seem small to us actually is a big deal. And so help us not to overlook or downplay those things and also help us, you know, in the times that we feel like we're just doing quote unquote, like behind the scenes work (laughs) that may not seem like super glamorous or, you know, uh, what do they call it? Glass breaking? Is that it? (laughs) You know, these like monumental business achievements or whatever it is like, but these things are still important. These everyday day to day helpful ways that we can help people are super important. And it's also what we're called to even, you know, Mm -hmm. even if we see what seems like every woman on Instagram, you know, doing quote unquote, big things, us being wives or homemakers or volunteers at our church or volunteers at a homeless shelter or whatever the case may be, those are significant things and they are making a difference. And so we just pray and we just thank you for your empowerment and that your Holy Spirit lives in us, Lord, that you speak through us, that you live through us. Father, let us just be vessels of your love in everything that we do and in everywhere that we go. Help us to be bold, Lord. I love that your word says the righteous are as bold as a lion. Help us to walk boldly in everything that we do in every single help. What's the word that I'm looking for? Help role that we play. And yeah, just live through us, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening in this week. Just for hanging out with us, we want to give you a free gift. Go to withinhersoul.co slash freebie to grab your free quiet time template. This will be your guide during your alone time with Jesus. You'll journal your highs and lows, record your prayers, and you'll be able to express how you feel the Lord is speaking to you every time you spend time with Him. It's extremely helpful if you're needing some guidance on how to find a quiet time routine that works for you. And before you go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss a new episode. You can also catch us at withinhersoul.co on Insta. We'd love for you to message us and let us know how we can pray for you. This is the Within Her Soul podcast. We can't wait to chat with you next week. See you then.